You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hello. It is so nice to be with all of you again. Before we just dive right into this episode, I wanted to let you know there's just a few weeks left in my program, Her Truth. I created this for you, the woman who is ready to break free of the patterns and the stories and create her own path and ask for what she wants and to melt into her desires, to connect with her body, to find what feels good for her, to find what is true for her. And to have a little bit of guidance along the way. I really believe in community and support. And I also believe that we're all our own healers. And each of you has the ability to navigate this, to show up for yourself, and to ask for more. So in this program, it'll be at your own pace, which is amazing. You don't have to follow my lead and do exactly what I say on my calendar. But it's a beautiful audio practice. So you'll listen to lessons from me. You'll get guided pleasure audio, connecting to your body. I curated a journal just for this program. And it's the last program I'm doing this year. And I'm not sure what things will look like next year. So if you've really wanted to Get in on something and start taking steps for yourself. This is an amazing opportunity and it's at a discount right now. So you can go to kellytenant.com slash her dash truth and check out all the details and sign up now. Remember, it will be closing in about two weeks. Okay, where should we begin? This is such an interesting episode. (laughs) Um, As I've talked about on social media and a little bit on the show, my mom passed away a little over a month ago. And it has just been such a wild experience. Wild. That's really the only word I can think of right now to describe it. And I think something I've been saying to a lot of people is that we are equipped for a lot of things. We're equipped to be sick. We're equipped to handle breakups. We are equipped to move from middle school to high school to college to losing friends and and all of that kind of stuff. We have tools and resources for the most part to navigate it. Yet when it comes to death, it's like this thing that no one ever talks about. No one shares their coping strategies or their experiences. It hits deep. It's raw. Oftentimes, no one wants to relive that part of their lives. And so, so much goes unsaid. And so... When my mom was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer at the beginning of the year, um, we knew things were 
intense and probably going to move fast. But I was in such denial and I hadn't really thought about what it meant for her to die and what that meant for me and my dad and my brother. And I was just living in la la land as if it wasn't going to happen, but also in this weird place of, well, if it happens, it's fine. And what I didn't realize is that the last two weeks of her life and then the month that followed would be some of the most difficult, painful, scary times of my life. And as I talk about this, if it seems like I'm rambling, I don't have a plan. I like to write down notes before I start a lot of these solo episodes, but this one just feels like a raw stream of consciousness. So that's what we're going to do. My relationship with my mom was really interesting. We were extremely codependent and I learned from a young age that if I went to her, and told her if I did something wrong that I wouldn't get in trouble. And she always said that I was so hard on myself and I would punish myself that she didn't feel like she needed to punish me further. And so I had this core belief that my mom would always make everything better. And even when I was punishing myself and angry at myself and feeling guilty, I could run to her and she would always make it okay. And most of my life looked like that. We also had very open communication. And I told my mom everything. Every guy I had ever been with, the breakdown of what my workday looked like, what I wore, what my thought process was. I mean, I unloaded everything onto her. And again, I learned from a young age that that's the type of relationship that a mom and daughter have. And I thought this is what everyone did. And so I would call her after I left the house when I graduated at 17 and went to USC. From then till about 27, I would call her probably 30 times a day. And I would ask her what to do about everything. I rarely made my own decisions. When I did make my own decisions, I kept in mind what I thought she wanted. And I really lost myself during that time because I was fully showing up for someone else rather than honoring what it is I really wanted. And my whole thing my whole life was to make my parents proud and to not disappoint them. My biggest fear was disappointing them. And I said that forever. And so at 27, I started to pull away because I realized I didn't trust myself. I didn't know myself. I didn't know why I was doing certain things. And it caused a strain in our relationship. And I started to do things that would be considered rebellious or things that would upset her 
And now that I have perspective, I really believe I was doing it because for the first time, I felt that I was making decisions for myself. And there was a part of me that in doing something that went against what she wanted for me felt good because I was finally creating my individuality. That usually happens at a much younger age, but I hadn't done that. And so I think that the codependence that we had on each other was now going away and there was a void and a space and neither of us really knew what to do. And so we didn't talk as much and, you know, the conversations looked a lot different. I didn't share as much. I didn't want her opinion or her judgment because I felt like I had had that my whole life. And for the first time, I wanted to be the one to decide if I had an opinion or if I was judging myself, not if someone else was. And then I had to act accordingly. And so that leading into her dying was really hard because I felt that there was a lot left unsaid on the table. I had quit my job and left sports, the thing that she loved so much for me. And I had moved away. I had chosen a partner that I never thought I would end up with in a relationship that looks way different than I ever anticipated. But a life that is full and has so much love and joy. But it wasn't how she thought it would be. And so when she was dying, I just felt like, I don't know if my mom is proud of me. I feel like I disappointed her. And as much as I had moved away from being codependent, when she died and I was laying in bed with her holding her, as she's taking her last breath, I felt like a part of me died. And uh, after a lot of therapy already in the last few months, um, I realized that it's because my identity was wrapped up in her. And she's no longer here. And so now is my opportunity to find my identity and who I am and what I want. And so in her death, yes, there was this massive version of me that was gone. All that being said, I am so grateful for my mom and I know she was doing her best every single day. She was not equipped and did not have the resources or the awareness that I have now. And so much of her life has been protecting herself 
because of difficulties in her own childhood and her own wounding. And what I have seen is that I don't have to continue that wounding. I don't need to protect. I don't need to keep at a distance or be emotionally unavailable in order to stay safe. And in all the work that I do, I wish I could have said this to her, but that little girl inside of her was hurting so much. And she was trying to be a mom. And that's really hard. When your little girl is speaking and saying, I don't feel safe, I'm not sure what to do, and you're trying to raise another little girl who's very different than you, I imagine that that was incredibly overwhelming. And I wish that I had had acknowledged that to her while she was alive. And in moments where I felt, why can't you figure it out? Why don't you do this for me? Why don't you understand me? I realized that my, my mom was in this constant battle of trying to understand herself and trying to do her best and feeling stress and a burden and Anxiety around what do I do with these kids? Especially this girl that I just in so many ways don't relate with. For context, my mom was total tomboy, incredible athlete, softball specifically, but she played every sport. She loved the dirt. She had short hair her entire life. I think she wore a dress five times. (laughs) Um, And then she had a daughter who wanted to be a ballerina and loved bows and braids and spandex shorts and then moved into spirituality and sexuality, things that she's never really talked about or understands it's not her space. And so I think the inability to relate became more and more apparent as time went on. And that has to be really difficult as a parent. It was difficult for me as a child. And now as I am 32 and she's not here and I have perspective and I have been in grieving, I realize that we were both coming at it from similar angles of not feeling understood and not feeling seen and not knowing what to do about it and not being able to be in conversation around that because we were both uncomfortable. Since she died, I have been feeling like I'm starting from scratch. When you live your life to please someone and to make sure that they're proud of you and to do what you think they want you to do, 
when they're no longer physically here, it opens up a void. How do I make decisions? How do I operate? What do I do? What's possible for me now that I don't feel the anxiety of pressure of living up to someone else's standards or ideals? It feels like starting from scratch and rebuilding, redefining who am I? What do I want? What have I not done that I really want to do because I was scared? In what ways have I been living from fear of disappointing someone else so I betray myself in order to please? I never knew how much pressure I felt. I never knew how much I was people-pleasing and trying to keep the peace and make her happy. So much of my insecurities and judgment are around that. Judging myself, judging other people, judging different ways of life. And it's interesting that the more I sort of stepped away from the constant conversation every day with her, the more I veered off on such a different path. And I kept finding more of myself. I'm like, oh, there you are. Haven't met that part. Oh, there's that. That feels really good. What's this? Let me get curious about that. Let me lean in. I never thought to do that before because all I did was ask her questions. All I did was trust her. And relied on her to be everything to me to be my mom, my protector, my best friend. And for so long, that worked. It worked for both of us. Until I realized I had to find myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't survive. My mom bent over backwards to care for me and my brother. I told a story at her funeral about every, every day I would come home and had to drive to Orange County to go to club volleyball practice, which was about an hour and a half each way. I would get home around 1.30. I had to leave school early so I could go. And there would be a steak and baked potato on the table waiting for me. Like, what fucking parent does that? <laughs> My mom never missed anything. She was at every match every recital, every school activity. She was room mom. She was there. And I know that she loved me so much and she would have done anything for me. That is not lost on me. She wanted a better life for both me and Steven. 
And I am so grateful for that because she provided it. And I didn't live in a home with abuse. And I had things that I needed and wanted. And I was taken care of and I had good food. And I mean, I can't imagine how much money they spent on volleyball so that I could get a scholarship and go to USC and have the life I have now. And there's some real difficulties in all of that. The relationship between parent and child is so interesting. And of course, I'm a girl, so I can only speak for the mother-daughter or father-daughter relationship. It's amazing to me how much weight we give to our parents on how we're supposed to live our lives. And we, we believe that they're almost godlike, like they're not human and they don't do anything wrong and everything is fine. And then they become more human to us as we get older and we realize, oh, they're just like us. And maybe we get older and have kids and realize, fuck, this is hard. And I just wish that more people realize that having your individuality and your relationship with yourself is always first and foremost the most important that you have. And that living by the standards and expectations and stories of our parents does not serve us. Whether or not they just want us to be happy. Does it mean that we do just what they say without asking if that's what's best for us? We trust them more than we trust ourselves. We believe them. We do as they say. We're taught that because I said so. What does that mean? I am learning to trust myself and ask myself questions I never have before. Why do I react this way? Why do I feel guilty for going away for the weekend without my partner so that I can just have some time away to be with myself, to be in nature, and to relax? Why do I feel like I am an inconvenience and that I need to be here to take care of him in every moment? And that it's not okay for me to have space for my own life. There's so much that has been brought up because of her death that I didn't even have awareness around. And what it's showing me is that there are layers upon layers of myself that I have yet to meet or 
open up to or allow. Because of fear of disappointing others. And it's not just her. It's just where I learned it from. But it's across the board. I'm like this in relationship. And oftentimes with friends. Because this is how I have learned to love and show up. And so I am stepping back now and slowing down and looking at codependency, people-pleasing tendencies, and the need to be in achievement at all times. What does success mean to me now? I looked at Soulfire with my therapist the other day and I said, you know what's really interesting about this is that I really believe in our company and I love it and I love the work I do. And there's a huge part of me that started it because I wanted to achieve being the CEO of a million dollar company and showing people what I can do. And now I look at it so differently. I don't feel that need to prove anything or to hit a million dollars or have certain amount of shows. My goal is to do work I love, to support people I care about and to be of service and support my family. But if I don't hit X amount of shows or X amount of dollars, I'm no longer looking at it as I failed and I let someone down and I didn't prove that I am worthy or valuable enough to do this. The grind that I believed you needed in order to be successful. I mean, I remember growing up, waking up at 5 a.m., going to zero period before school started so that I could get out of school early, up all night after volleyball, doing homework, getting straight A's, getting a full-ride scholarship to USC, and also being one of the top five players in the country and the best that had ever come out of my town. For what? Because I wanted people to be proud of me and I wanted to prove I was good enough. And now, I wonder what life would have looked like if I didn't feel that need. This need to be perfect and prim and proper and put together and be the vice president of the ASB student council and do this project and be the captain of the volleyball team and be the best and take everyone and carry them on my back. The amount of pressure that I put on myself to show up that way is unbelievable. And I think so many of us do that. And it's like now is the opportunity to ask why 
to say, does this serve me anymore? Why do I think I need to look like that? Why do I have this job? Who taught me to respond in this way? Where did this come from? I'm in allowance and analysis. Hmm, I like that. I just made that up. Allowance and analysis. I am allowing what is meant for me to come forward, what is true for me to show itself, what I am meant to see to be seen. And I am in analysis and curiosity for patterns and programming, decisions, responses to everything. I am connecting with my body, asking my body what it needs for the first time. Letting go of ego-driven beliefs or living up to expectations in order to be good enough. And that feels like a lot, obviously. It feels like a lot. It feels like sometimes I'm lost. It feels like what's next? Feels like I just was unchained. Just a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsors. I am so excited to introduce to you Sovereignty. This is a company that I was recently connected with and absolutely love their products. I am so grateful for the way they are using CBD to really help you find purpose and more sleep. So they have two different lines. Their purpose line is really great for daytime alertness and focus. It uses green tea. So you have this little packet and it has a ton of different plant-based ingredients like green tea, turmeric, blueberry, all of which are really helpful for things like arousal, better sex, and have all natural ingredients. And so in this packet, you're getting really natural energy that's not going to give you jitters. And if you're like me, three sips of coffee makes me jittery and have anxiety these days. So I'm staying away from that. And I love an alternative. And the fact that they're using a mood enhancement from CBG is a huge plus for me. And then their dream line is for nighttime relaxation and rest. It helps with restorative and rejuvenating sleep. And they use CBN in that line. And they tested hundreds of people and found that 76% had improved sleep in some capacity. So if you're like me and you've struggled with sleep, this is a great option for you. I love the flavor. I love the fact that everything is clean. There are no synthetic ingredients. And you know you're getting the very best of the best. And on top of that, Sovereignty has done such an incredible job of creating transparency and they want to be of service. So they have your favorite money back guarantee. So if you don't like the product, not only will they return your money, but they're going to purchase your favorite supplement of choice as well. So you really have nothing to lose when trying this out. And I love that. That's amazing. So if you guys head over to sovereignty.co slash Kelly, that's S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot co slash Kelly, you're going to get an incredible discount. And I am so excited to share this company with you. All right. On the last episode, 
Y'all heard that we are now partnered with Organifi, and I'm very excited about it. And I am thrilled to share with you that they have their limited edition pumpkin spice available. It's so good. (laughs) So I talk a lot about the gold. This is like a different version of the gold. This is the fall version of the gold. So it still has that turmeric extract in there, the ginger, reishi mushrooms, uh, lemon balm, turkey tail, all the yumminess, but it has that pumpkin taste. And we all love good PSL and this is way healthier for you. So I absolutely love blending this with coconut butter and hot water, just like I do the gold. And it is so frothy and thick and delicious. And it just makes you feel like fall, even though it is 95 degrees in Denver right now. I don't give a fuck. I love this stuff. I will drink it in the middle of the afternoon outside. It tastes so good and it really feels super nourishing to the body. So I would love for you guys to try out Organifi, especially their pumpkin spice. It is a limited edition. Don't forget. So I don't want you to miss out. You can go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Kelly T. And you'll get 15% off. Enjoy. So I'm sure you're wondering if I have connected with my mom in the ethereal. And the answer is yes. So when she was dying the last day, I was in bed with her and I look over to the right. And as many of you know, my grandmother passed away over 10 years ago. We are super close and she is my main guide. She is my spiritual grandmother as an angel now. And I look over and she is standing there with my mom. And I knew she would be the one to help my mom cross over. But to see it visually of her with her was astounding. I just don't have words for it. And I looked over and I said, mom, what are you doing over there? She said, I have to watch this. And I took that as she needed to see people coming in and out. She needed to see my brother and my dad and I with her. She needed to be there to witness it. And I knew that her soul had basically left her body like 12 hours prior. But this was just so clear and obvious to me. And so I, I continued to lay there and, and she passed and it was so jarring. I couldn't let go of her for a while. And I just felt I couldn't stand up straight. I just felt like I had had just like the life sucked out of me. And then I came back to Colorado and I was in yoga trying to just get my head on straight. And I was laying there and all of a sudden I saw her laying above me, a couple inches away from me, just like floating there. And I started to doubt and I started thinking, 
is that her? Like, this is weird. I'm definitely making this up. Like, there's no way my mom is laying above me in yoga right now. And I was like, it's not you. And I felt her like grab my ear and pull it and yell and say, do you need me to yell? Just, you know, my mom, bury my mom. And I just started giggling and I was like, okay. And then right before I was facilitating my last women's circle, I was in meditation and I was laying down and I felt her hand over my heart. It's amazing how distinct it is. Like I know it's her. It's not my grandmother. It's no one else. It is very distinctly like my mom. And that was so profound for me because I have felt like she didn't understand what I was doing, like women's circles and mushrooms and ayahuasca and a podcast about sex and all the things. (laughs) And for her to show up in that moment when I was about to facilitate something that matters so much to me that is so outside of her experience was huge. I felt like, wow, this is the relationship that I had hoped we had when she was alive. And now I feel like I have it with her in this way, which is trippy, but beautiful. And then I, I've been microdosing and sitting with mushrooms quite a bit over the last few weeks, processing this and releasing and really coming back to myself and getting grounded. And, um, I was on all fours one night and I just felt like I need to ask her to come be with me. And I never really verbally ask out loud anything to guides or angels. It's an an internal conversation. And I just felt like this deep need. I have to say this out loud. I just said, mom, can you come here a minute? And I barely got the words out and I just sobbed and my whole body was shaking and I felt her hand over my right shoulder and on my back. And she said, I'm here, I'm here, it's okay. And I just cried and cried and cried. And I just thought, God damn, this is beautiful that I can ask for her in any moment. And she is there. And there in ways I've never experienced her. And I had been so full of judgment and misunderstanding and lacking compassion for her in her human form. And now she is here without judgment with the most compassion and empathy you could ever ask for. No questions asked. I am here. How can I support you and be of service to you? How can I teach you now to trust yourself? Because that is not the relationship we had before and we get to have it now. I'm still grappling with my human experience with her while I am fully immersed in this ethereal, angelic experience with her. And at times it is confusing. And I'm like, I'm not ready to move on and let go of some of these things that I hold resentment or guilt or shame or anger around. And then she just shows up and she just stands right behind me and says, it's okay. I know what it was like. I know the dynamic. And you get to process that. And you don't carry these patterns forward anymore. You are the one to break them. A lineage 
of people pleasing and lacking worthiness and value in women who didn't know their own power. That ends now, and I get to be the one to do that. And so I look at her and I just think, thank you for your resilience, for managing the struggle in the best way you knew how so that I could have the tools and resources to end this for all of us. So that hopefully one day my son and daughter don't carry this burden and this feeling of lack with them. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without her. The work that we did together, the way we mirrored each other and also triggered each other so that these moments were possible. Allowing myself to have conversations with her now has really helped me understand and cope with the loss of her in human form. And I realize that we are all bound by our egos to some extent and bound by our resources and our awareness and our willingness to grow and be radically honest. And there are things I'm sure I will do that my kids will one day talk about on a podcast (laughs) and say, my mom did this thing and now I'm in therapy because that's what happens, right? We repeat the pattern until we learn the lesson. And the pattern needed to be repeated for this long, apparently, for the lesson to be learned and for the cord to be cut. And I am happy to do that for myself and for my mom and for my wella and for my great wella and this long lineage of women who I feel are all standing behind me as I step forward into a new version of myself. One that feels free and open and available for what's to come. Death is scary and overwhelming. And it really feels like my own death in a way. And now I can honestly say I'm very grateful for that death because in death comes new life and new awareness and new opportunity. And I have so much of her in me. So much wisdom and knowledge and experience. And I take that and I mesh it with all of my new awareness and knowledge and my own experience. And I feel equipped 
and I feel open to my own power. And I feel like I'm not alone. When she first died, I felt like I couldn't breathe. And now I feel like she's helping me breathe for the first time. She gave birth to me 32 years ago. And I feel she gave birth to me again when she passed. Setting me free onto my own path. Supporting me in a new way. And trusting and knowing that I could do it. That is the ultimate gift. Thank you all for listening. I hope that this sheds some light on the grieving process and losing a parent and what that feels like. And what's possible for you. I'm definitely not an expert. And I really haven't read as many books as I thought I would. Because I decided to trust myself in what this grieving process would be. So here we are. Before we end this episode, I just want to share with you guys. Speaking of moms, my incredible friend, McLean McGowan. She hosts the show Mother the Mother. And... I have a lot of adopted mothers in this life. She is one of them. I love and respect her so much, and I just adore her. And her show, so much about pregnancy and birth and postpartum and what's a doula and breastfeeding tips and how you can nourish your body holistically and so many other things. Her guests are beautiful healers and practitioners and mamas, and I get so much out of this hoping one day to be a mom myself. So the link for McLean's show is in the show notes. Head over there and check her out. She is such a phenomenal woman and someone I truly just admire as a friend and a wife and a parent. All right, till next time, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.